Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Two of Extra Point on this Friday, August 25th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today, as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. You guessed it, as a Friday, it is Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Not your normal meat market, craft beer, wine, spirits, amazing treats for your four-legged friends. Visit them this weekend, 2390 North Ulma School in Chandler. The weekend specials here, certified Angus beef choice T-bone or porterhouse steaks at $5 a pound off. Prime boneless butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound. Fresh, all-natural, boneless, skinless chicken breast, all plain so you can make your own uh, seasoning choices, $4.99 a pound. So plenty of great stuff over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, vonhansensmeats.net, and we'll have the $100 gift certificate available a little bit later on in the program. But let's reset the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Bob caught up with Christopher Price from the Boston Globe to chat all things New England Patriots. Uh, let's see what the masses say about the win total over under seven and a half wins under leading the way at 56 percent of the vote over trailing at 44 percent yeah it just depends on what you think of mac jones you know, bill bryan's there there's no excuses anymore uh for mac jones uh, which there certainly was to some extent last year with the the circus with the offensive coordinating situation there uh, so it kind of depends on whether you think that Bill O'Brien can make Mac Jones a, a better quarterback or maybe you're maybe possibly with me. I'm, you might be the only other person in the, in the world that's with me on this, that I wonder whether Jones can be a competent NFL quarterback no matter who the coordinator is. Well, it's time to put up or shut up, right? When you go and you De- get Bill O'Brien like that. Definitely, no question. And, uh, you know, they certainly I think they've improved the weapons around him with Juju. And, you know, Zeke is going to help at the goal line. He's also a tremendous pass blocker. So I think that, uh, you know, he was a, he's been a good pass blocker his entire life, to my knowledge, because he was a, a, one of the, one of the uh, few really good pass blockers the second he stepped on a college campus. So we'll dive into that with our official answer around 1130. Still time for you to cast your vote, KDOS1060.com. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, the Arizona Cardinals had a plethora of trades yesterday, including in that plethora of trades, it was the Cardinals sending Isaiah Simmons to the New York Giants for a seventh-round pick. The question here, should the Cardinals have held out for more than a seventh-round pick in the Isaiah Simmons trade? No continues to lead the way here at 66. 6.7% 6.7% of the vote, yes, at 33.3%. I think that's a legitimate question. Uh, it was actually talked about on the networks yesterday. Uh, it doesn't seem like a whole lot in return for a guy that was the eighth overall pick of the draft just three years ago. 
We'll dive into that here on Twitter around 11.30 at KDOS AM 1060 to cast your vote. Continuing on here with the Arizona Cardinals, we will talk a little bit about them before we make room for Brian Blewis from Pro Football Network, uh, set to give us some season props in the NFL, some win total conversation as well. Uh, he is going to be our new person that is joining us weekly here in the Friday spread for the NFL season uh, with Pro Football Network. Network, so we look forward to kickstarting that off here shortly. But for the Arizona Cardinals, the final preseason game for them is Saturday. It's a 10 a.m. start on Channel 12 from Minnesota. Things that I'll be paying attention to, uh, one, now with no Isaiah Simmons playing free safety, does this mean that Jalen Thompson is back at his safety role and not in the slot? Or is it all a mute point because... They're not going to be playing starters after just having two joint practices. Uh, yeah, I agreed. I'm not, you know, it's, uh, I'm not sure we're gonna if we're gonna get a chance to learn too much on on uh, Saturday. All we know uh, that uh, hopefully the backup guys will play better than they did last week when they were totally overmatched. Uh, the Chiefs obviously you know, are all about quickness on offense and defense and speed. Uh, the the Vikings are not slow, by the way. Uh, they're they're not to the Chiefs level, but a few teams are as far as just athleticism and so forth. But uh, so I, and I'm not sure whether the Vikings are planning to play their guys either. Yes, I haven't heard that either. Uh, so it's kind of some of the things that I'm looking for is more just of a wishful uh, want list that may not come to fruition. Uh, the other thing that kind of comes to mind here. Can the Cardinals generate a pass rush? Uh, you know, we've seen the Zaven Collins and Dennis Gardeck at the starts consistently here on the on the edges. Uh, the question is, is Cameron Thomas going to get some opportunity? I know he didn't play in game two dealing with a bit or didn't practice and things like that with an injury. So how is he progressing along? Will we see him out there on Saturday? Yeah, it would be interesting to see if he is. It would be you know, too bad we didn't like have a live broadcast of the joint practices mm -hmm. when all the you know the ones were out there and we'd get a better idea of you know, what we actually think. I, about the only thing I could really get out tomorrow, I'm guessing, is whether I, I actually am thinking about this. I can't believe I'm thinking about this. I've never bet a season win total under four and a half before. But after watching the Cardinals practice three, a couple of weeks ago and I've watched the first two preseason games, it's crossing my mind. Uh, the other thing here, what's the quarterback situation going to be like uh, for Saturday's contest? And does that even mean anything about what the grand scheme and grand plan is going to be with the trades of Josh Dobbs and how that's all going to shake out? And then the other thing on the offensive side of the ball here, Keontae Ingram, is he going to stay running with power and speed like we saw him in game two? He, he was really impressive in that second preseason game. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, is Clement going to be the fourth running back on the field, which he was last week, which made me wonder uh, before the, all the trades, even from yesterday on Monday, we came back and one of the first things I talked about is that you know, Clement going from the starter the week before when Connor didn't play to being the fourth running back on the field for them. Uh, does that mean he's up for a possible deal? And I would think that uh, – you know, there's even been a couple of more running backs in the NFL that have gone down here in the last few days. 
Uh, there are teams that need running backs, and you know, he has got a championship pedigree from the first time around with the Eagles uh, when the Eagles uh, you know, you know, went to the Super Bowl and, and won the Super Bowl. Uh, so he was, a, he was a big part of that team. Yeah, it seems like he has definitely fallen out of favor there with this current, uh, current regime. Well, either that or they just, you know, there's no long-term thing there. And, the, uh, and I think you bring up a really good point about Ingram. Obviously, Connor's the guy. Uh, so Ingram would be the second guy. So uh, what would be Clement's role even if he were on this team? Uh, the other thing that I want to pay attention to, and it's just more of what I've been paying attention to from week one uh, to week three of preseason here, is just uh, how is Keetrell Clark growing? I think we've both agreed that we really uh, like him over Christian Matthew to win that uh, second cornerback position here. So just continuing to see the growth from him. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I think clearly there's a big difference here, man. I might like a dead man over a Keto, over a Matthew at this point, though. But you know, I'm not so sure. I've seen a lot from Clark. He does have some ball skills, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't think he's a starting cornerback in the NFL. But uh, the way the Cardinals are aligned, they have to start two corners. Is there anything else that uh, for someone who doesn't love preseason games that you'll be paying attention to? Uh, the final gun for the preseason ending? How about that? that? Sorry, that's my sarcastic but truthful answer. It's interesting because there seems to be, um, we, you know, when there were four preseason games, it always kind of was this consensus that the, the final game was going to be the dress rehearsal. Then we've seen just a lot of different schools of thought this particular year where you saw kind of half the half the NFL teams play starters in the first week of the preseason. You saw half the teams not play starters or maybe just one series and be very limited. Then you've seen, so what is going to lead to this third preseason game? We know for sure the mm -hmm. Jets are going to be playing Aaron Rodgers in kind of a quote-unquote dress rehearsal for him so just overall you know interesting to see what uh some of the other teams around the league are going to do and what they want out of this third preseason game yeah i think that i'm guessing this is strictly a guess on my part and like i mentioned a million times i don't watch any preseason football except for the cardinals because i have to but i'm guessing that there are teams around the league that are still kind of playing around with the new preseason. You mentioned the three preseason games. I think the bigger reason is that some guys are playing in the final preseason game as opposed to before is there's like a week by uh, before the start of the regular season from the end of the preseason. Brian Bluis, he's the betting director with Pro Football Network. You can follow him on Twitter, Brian Bluis PFN, and follow along with the work over at Pro Football Network at pfnbetting.com. He's set to join us on the other side of the break, so we'll step aside, make room for Brian as we get into the season-long props. I, I don't see anything in my line of questioning here that is going to be as simple as justin jefferson last year so we'll we'll look to <laughs> brian Lewis for some edges here get his philosophy on how he uh attacks this heading into week one of the nfl season see if we can get some winners and follow along with all year long so we'll make room for brian Lewis next it is the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports
KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. This was such a fun segment that we did all NFL season long, and we're really looking forward to bringing it to you once again. We're popping on out to the KDOS hotline. It's Brian Blewis, the betting director with Pro Football Network. You can follow all of their work over on Twitter at PFN Bets. You can also follow Brian at Brian Blewis PFN or just head over to the website PFNBetting.com. But looking into the NFL props for the season, and then as the season goes on, on game to game props brian it's bob and kayla thanks so much for joining the program today how are you yeah absolutely i'm doing great uh, we're finally getting close to uh, the football season um, we're almost approaching the end of me having to pick preseason games for our site i'm not a big fan of betting on meaningless games but football is football <laughs> i'm happy to be here to talk to you guys today Yes, uh, we're definitely looking forward to games that count and maybe all of your expertise of watching those preseason games to help us figure out what to do for some season-long props and some win totals, et cetera. So let's dive into it here. But first, you know, Brian, you are with Pro Football Network, and, you know, you've done this quite quite a while now as well. Do you have a particular philosophy do you, that you subscribe to? Are there ways in which you t- try to take different angles on things when you look at things within the prop market yeah with the season long props i've learned the hard way to i tend to favor now unders instead of overs the big reason for that obviously is because of injuries like a lot of people like one kind of trap within these lines like wow that number feels really low but the risk of injury is always really factored in i learned this the hard way a few years ago I was a big sam bradford guy when he was coming out and entering his second season i was expecting him to have a pretty big year starting the football, especially I thought it would be a bad Jets team. And then he gets mono, I believe, the second week of the season, my bet, like, lost already. So since then, unless I really like an over, I tend to be under on these props. What do you look for in preseason football? Uh, does anything that happens in the preseason short of an injury alter your thought process for the regular season? Yes and No. I try not to, like, say that the starters look really good in preseason action. I tend not to. Uh-oh. Looks like we've lost Brian there, so we'll try to get Brian back. He didn't like my question. That's what the deal was. Yeah, let me give him a quick call back. <laughs> okay, no problem. So that's one thing. I Obviously, it, you know, I'm not a preseason guy at all, as we've mentioned many times. I'm sure people are tired of me talking about it. But if you're still listening after all these years, I've been saying it for 30-something years now. Uh, and that's, uh, for me, it's not, not going to change. But uh, I think that's uh, interesting how you people that do watch preseason games, and you know, there are plenty of people that you know, now make money off of it. Uh, some in the, uh, you know, during the uh, actual you know, point spreads from week to week in the preseason, et cetera. So uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm curious to see how that kind of whole thing whole thing works out and we'll see how that goes now all right well we have brian back and uh you know we were joking there that you didn't like uh bob's preseason question 
My <laughs> first question, <laughs> and I get a boom. <laughs> yeah, go, no, go I ahead. got caught off in the middle of uh, giving some analysis there and feedback to Bob's question. So it really depends. Like, if a team does really well in the preseason, the stars look really good, I'm not trying to overrate them too much. And the example I was giving was a few years ago, back in 2015 with the new-look Eagles under Chip Kelly when he became general manager. I remember watching that first-team offense blow out the Packers. I'm like, wow, like, mm. Sam Braff, MVP year, DeMarco Murray, offensive player of the year. And then you get to week one, they come out really flat against the Falcons. But what I do look yeah, for but... more is, like, if teams tend to struggle. Like, you've seen Bryce Young and the Panthers so far. Like, that offensive line has not really given any protection. Young looks so overwhelmed to start. So, I've kind of become a little bull, little less bullish with the Panthers season, for example. That Eagles, that was the dream team, wasn't it, when they put those guys together? That's what, I think that's what it was called at the time. That was actually the second dream team. The first dream team oh, was okay. under Andy Reid with Michael Vick. Oh, okay. But then they had a similar offseason right. two years later. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll give yeah. you that. Uh, we'll count it. <laughs> Perfect. Dream team, dream team two. There we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brian Blewis, betting director with Pro Football Network. Follow uh, PFN Bets on Twitter as well as pfnbetting.com. Let's start here with the quarterbacks and this Miami offense. It's poised to put up some big numbers, yards, and points. Last year, though, there were very serious injuries to contend with for Tua. 13 games played. He threw for 3,548 yards. His current number is over under 3,800.5 yards. Is it worth looking at? at Tua or kind of some of the things that you just talked about injury concerns scare you off of this prop yeah I mean this is where this is bet on if Tua is going to stay healthy I mean if he plays the entire season then like this is a lot to go over and if he plays most of the season this is pretty much a lot to go over too but for me I'm a little hesitant given his injury history especially with uh, the concussions but those could be considered kind of fluky injuries too and that can really happen to anybody and his really happened and a really close stand last season. So really, as long as you think he's going to play at least like 15 games this season, I mean, they're going to miss two there. Maybe you think they'll miss, they'll miss the final week of the season. The Dolphins are in contention with their starters. But like with Dylan Waddle, Tyree Hill, this is one of the most explosive offense in the NFL. Though they did kind of slow down a little bit towards the end of last season. If you look at the numbers, their passing offense really stagnated a little bit as he got later on. There's some speculation that uh, – defense might have called out to them or maybe two was playing her but either way that number is really bet on how many games two is going to play this season kind of go back to my curiosity regarding your your process here do you like a formulate a game plan kind of during the off season and, and maybe adjust some of that uh you know, depending on what you see there happens uh on the field or off or preseason or no preseason or training camp or whatever you just kind of uh, adjust as you, you kind of go along or how's that work for you yeah so i was really kind of looking at last year's numbers and really like what what stood out to me what seems real what seems safe who is due for some regression both positive and negative like i'll give one example of a player prop under that i took because i think guy is due for some negative regression and that's uh christian watson on the packers yeah, I know. I know you guys remember last year that stretch where he was just unbelievable. He had seven mm-hmm. touchdowns in a four-week stretch last season, but those are all seven of those touchdowns for the regular season, and that included three against the Cowboys and a garbage-time score against the Eagles Sunday Night Football. And last year, of all his targets, 11% that went for a touchdown. 
that's a pretty unsustainable number, and one I think will definitely come down this year, especially with uh, Dora Love on her center as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, and they're not going to be as good of a team this year. I mean, Rodgers wasn't that good last year for his standards, but I'm still banking on – I'll still be surprised if Dora Love has a better season this year than Aaron Rodgers did last season. And Christian, and Christian Watson under five-and-a-half receiving touchdowns, that's the number I got it at. And I think that's, that's one of my favorite uh, player props I've taken for the season so far. Geno Smith last year took everyone by surprise. He was out there with a near 70% completion percentage and 4,282 yards. You also have rookie wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba when he comes back from wrist surgery, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Plus, you have a run game that can be very complimentary for this Seahawks offense. So when you look at kind of trying to figure out who is the real Geno Smith and all the different playmakers that are on that particular offense, do you like Geno Smith in a in a yards prop do you like anyone else on the offense as well oh I love Geno I think his what how he played last year I think his breakout season was real even though like they're still rare to see those quarterbacks like 30 and above have those breakup seasons in their career they're not totally like unheard of and I think that everything we saw from Geno is pretty sustainable I mean he has the same coaching staff as last season the same playmakers, even though he's a little banged up right now, he might have the best wide receiver trio in the NFL with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and the Jackson and the Jigba. And if you look at the numbers, you look at the advanced stats, I mean, you called it with his completion percentage, but when you're factoring in completion percentage above expectation and EPA per play, that's a nice stat that a lot of uh, people in analytics community like to use kind of just measure efficiency. He was a, he ranked seventh in that stat category last year, and now that he has a full, another full season under his belt, they, got, they gave him the extension last year. They didn't draft any quarterbacks despite them picking the top five. They seem really committed to him. I've some big things from Gino again this year with the off. Okay, so Kayla's the prop queen here. Uh, season win totals is something that I've been betting on for several years now. I don't bet many teams over, actually, in season props, but the Saints – almost have to be healthier this season. They have a stable quarterback situation. Also, I think they have a very favorable schedule, so the Saints over under nine and a half wins this season. I'm with you on that over, man. That's one of my favorite overs for the year, and you really nailed the head for the two reasons why I like them. Well, three, including Derek Carr. If you look at their schedule, it's pretty much a joke. I mean, they play an easy division in football, and they're playing the second easiest division of football in the AFC South. So that's like 10, win- that's 10 really winnable games right there. And another another category they're due for some regression is they really didn't force any turnovers on defense last year. And teams that didn't force many turnovers the year before or force a lot of turnovers, that tends to regress to the other direction. And if you look at the quarterbacks they're playing this year, I mean, they're facing, facing a rookie, Bryce Young twice. They're facing Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask twice, Desmond Ritter twice with the Falcons, and then some other inexperienced quarterbacks across the board. I expect a lot more takeaways and forced turnovers from uh, this unit this year. And like you said, too, they're definitely healthier this year also. The one um, skepticism for the Saints could be a lot of people don't think Dennis Allen's a good coach, and rightfully so. But we've seen worse coaches lead teams to 10-plus wins in regular season before. Like, I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl, but I'm with you on that over. 
I'll stick there with the Saints here because I was looking into the the expectations that right uh, this offense has to be better. You actually have Derek Carr who can sling the ball around. So looking into his uh, over under 3,650 and a half yards, Chris Olave and the expectations for him. But the question mark here, does some of those yards get taken away with Michael Thomas back? So how do you kind of navigate what you think about the win total and everything that they have in terms of what their schedule is and how that correlates to some of the prop numbers? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, now I talked about Michael Thomas. I had a fantasy, fantasy draft uh, last weekend, and one of my friends is like, last year, I kept telling everybody, if Michael Thomas was healthy, I would have won all my leagues. I'm like, that's the biggest football player. <laughs> you, can't, you can't depend on the guy to stay healthy. And if you're not betting on Chris Olave's prop, you're about Michael Thomas, and uh, that's the wrong process. I mean, we haven't given, we haven't had any evidence that Michael Thomas would stay healthy for more than a few games, or alone the entire season, to cut into a guy like Chris Olave's target share. And the guy was unbelievable as a rookie last year. And we tend to see a lot of these jumps from, like, rookies that tend to impress in year one to year two. I mean, we saw that last year with Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Amon Rossi Brown. And Chris Olave is definitely poised for that this year. And I'm even looking aside from his uh, receiving yard total for the season. I did some big, I did some uh, long-shot flyers on Chris Olave. I uh, – that him to be a reception leader at uh, 40 to 1. And I even like a little bit of offensive player of the year uh, sprinkle. I mean, when I'm betting futures, because they're going to wait like a few months for these bets to cash, I'm looking for long shots. And I'm looking for guys who I can think have breakout seasons. And even though Andy Dalton hold his, held his own last year, their car's definitely upgrade a quarterback. And it's the second year for Chris Olave. And I'm expecting a huge year from him. Okay, Alavi and Michael Thomas both went to Ohio State, so let's keep this in the state of Ohio for my side here. The Bengals, under 11.5 wins. That's kind of more of my history of season win totals is you know, betting the high numbers under. Tough schedule. Joe Burrow has almost been out of all a training camp. The starting safeties from last year both left during free agency. That was one of their strengths of their defense. So how about the Bengals under 11.5 wins? Bob, I promise I'm not just agreeing with you guys on everything because I'm under show, but I'm with you on this under too. I don't tend to, I don't like to bet too many win totals. Well, I'll correct myself. I say I don't like to bet too many win totals. I don't, I don't like to wait for minus 110 action for however many months. But then I get too convinced by different numbers. I think they're too big of a lock, so I end up taking them anyway. And this Bengals under was one of the win total bets I've taken so far this year. And uh, pretty much for the same reasons you mentioned. Um, Besides losing the starting safeties and having a difficult schedule, I'm a little worried about Burrow's health. I mean, even though he's not expected to miss any time, he's probably going to play for week one. This is an injury that easily, easily could be re-aggravated at some point this season. And uh, if they do lose Burrow for some time, I mean, going back to how the preseason impact their betting, I don't know if you guys have watched any uh, preseason action of the Bengals, but their backup was horrible. They give you no confidence in the Bengals if Burrow is going to miss any time. And they do the same time. They're going to fall behind really fast in their division. I mean, the Browns are one of my favorite super teams this year. The Ravens are going to be really good. And the Steelers are even, I mean, back to talk about the preseason, the Steelers' offense was incredible in the preseason. Uh, and if all the teams projected finish last in their division, they're probably the most talented of the bunch. So I'm with you on that under. Brian Blue is betting director with Pro Football Network. You can follow 
Pro Football Network bets, PFN bets on Twitter, as well as pfnbetting.com on the ground here. So uh, it's always interesting to try to figure out what to do with running backs with Bill Belichick. Ramadre Stevenson, he really showed a lot of promise last year, but the ball kind of got taken out of his hands a couple of different times. He's sitting at 875 and a half yards. Ezekiel Elliott brought in, you'd have to think, helping punch things in in short yardage situations and also some pass blocking. He's at a really low number of 375 five and a half yards so how do you like uh this running tandem for the patriots yeah i mean with the signing ezekiel elliott i don't have to factor in too much for every down work for stevenson but you nail on the head that speaks more about like goal line back nowadays i mean like anybody that watched cowboys games the last couple of years knew that power is a far superior back but zeke's are pretty effective in short yard situations where you just need him to get one two three yards but never want to count see to get anything more than that obviously and Stevenson number's pretty low, and uh, while I don't know what the yardage was before they signed Zeke, I bet it was factored in that, real, that they were going to sign a running back because before they signed Zeke, they were also linked to Dalvin Cook. But Stevenson last year went over 1,000 yards with just 210 carries. This has 343 carries for his career. So that, he, that wear and tear hasn't really caught up to him yet. He's only 13 in the league, and he did split time a little bit last year too. So... Like I said, you can, any player get injured, so you don't really want to just bet any players under thinking they're get injured. But this is a pretty good – I still would take the over on Stevenson. Like, I don't think Zeke is good enough to really steal so many carries away from Stevenson on early downs before they get into the red zone near the goal line. I'll move him up on my fantasy draft again. I go up and down yeah. every day seemingly with Stevenson, so – Okay, good, Derek. Go, go, go ahead, Kayla. Okay, uh, Nick Chubb, he's currently plus 450 to lead the NFL in rushing yards. Derek Henry at plus 650 and Jonathan Taylor at plus 900. We don't really know what the status is now of Jonathan Taylor, who he's playing for, what's happening there. But when you come to looking at NFL rushing yards prop, do you like any of these particular totals? Yeah, one of them I like, and this is one that's going to be a little controversial, is these on Robinson at 10-1. Uh, to 1. I mean... Hmm. If it wasn't for the team that he played for and the coach that he played for, he would be a higher favorite for sure. Well, actually, I'll say not the team he played for, the coach he played for. People are a little worried that uh, people love DCSD, Arthur Smith, and Kyle Pitts usage. That because he's drafted in the top ten doesn't mean he's going to get him the ball. But this Falcons offense is one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL last season with Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. And I think these are going to be too good to keep off the field and not give him the ball that he's worth a flyer at uh, – He's 10 to 1 at DraftKings. I think he was 14 to 1 at one point at FanDuel. But uh, if you're not looking to bet one of the favorites and Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry, I think he's a good flyer. But uh, if I had to pick one guy, regardless of odds, I think Chubb is uh, the odds on favor for sure. And as we wrap this conversation up with you here, Brian, today, are there any player props that you really like this year that we haven't discussed, whether it's quarterbacks in their yards, touchdown throws, running backs in their yards, or rushing touchdowns? Yeah, one uh, prop I really like, and I'll give credit to my colleague, uh, Kyle Sopke, one of our uh, betting and fantasy analysts here at Pro Football Network, is uh, Justin Herbert, a lead the league in passing yards at plus 700. He has a new offense coordinator here in Keller Moore after uh, they let go of uh, much criticized offense coordinator Joe Lombardi. Joe Lombardi was the OC in New Orleans with, with uh, Drew Brees, and he basically coached Justin Herbert the last two years like he was Drew Brees in his late 30s. He had an average at the target of only seven yards per attempt, while Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore's offense was 8.7 a dot. So Justin Herbert, and he also, who also played with a rib injury all last year, 
you know, probably let him cook a lot more in his offense, let him attack down the field a lot more. They drafted Quinton Johnson in the first round, who's that big target, deep threat, kind of like Mike Williams as well. I'm going to expect them to really air it out and really get the training wheels off of Justin Herbert and really let him pack down feel a lot more. So if you're looking for someone to lead league in passing guards besides Patrick Mahomes, I think Justin Herbert's a good bet. Brian, this has been great. We look forward to kicking off the season with you. Uh, we won't have you on next week, but we'll have you on the following week. Looking forward to all of that. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Have a great weekend, guys. You as well. Brian Blue is there, betting director with Pro Football Network. Follow uh, them on Twitter, PFN Bets, as well as PFNBetting.com. All right, so he still thinks Ramadre Stevenson over the 875 and a half yards. It's so hard. I'm all over the map. Yeah, I'm all over the map of what I need to do with him. My fantasy, big fantasy draft is in a couple of, actually Labor Day Monday. And I keep moving him up and down, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I, know. I like him a lot. I like the player a lot. I like the I like the player a lot when he's at OU, let he, alone in the NFL. He's so talented. Uh, he played. I mean, he was basically their whole offense last year. But Brian Blewis, betting director, PFNBetting.com. Thanks for his time. We have poll questions to get to on the other side of the break. We'll do that next. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. Thanks to Brian Lewis from Pro Football Network for joining us in the previous segment, talking all things season-long props and win totals. If you missed it, you can always podcast that interview, kdos1060.com, as well as kdos1060 app. Looking forward to having Brian on for the NFL season. Let's turn our attention to the poll questions, and we'll start with the kdos1060.com poll question here. Bob had a conversation with Christopher Price, Boston Globe, getting the scoop on the New England Patriots this year. So is it over under seven and a half wins for the Pats? This is a tricky question for me because the number, I think, is where it should be. Also, I just don't really like betting against Bill Belichick. I know that you can make a case that maybe that's been a good idea the last couple of years. But this is a division, depending on what you think of Buffalo's defense, it could have four really good defensive teams. They have a brutal first five games of the schedule. Philadelphia, Miami, at the Jets, at Dallas and New Orleans, that's the first five games. They have a very tough stretch between December the 3rd and the 18th, that's Chargers at home at Pittsburgh on a Thursday night. Another one of those road games on a Thursday night, which we've talked about here for the last couple of weeks. That's usually not a favorable thing. They play Kansas City on a Monday night. Now that's after the Thursday night game, so you got a little extra time there between those two games. Then the last three games are at Denver, at Buffalo, and the Jets. So I can't really make a case for the over. Plus, I'm obviously not a Mac Jones guy. I mentioned the interception numbers at the end of the 2021 season. That's when I first wondered if he was any good or not. And, you know, nothing that I saw last year from him or in his defense. The offensive coordinator thing was a circus and their receivers weren't that good. So there's, I can't make a case for the over. But if I had to do something at all for the purpose of the question, it would be under the total because all the things I just mentioned. 
So the other day, I was looking into the Patriots' schedule pretty in-depthly, and I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> because if well, you, the, I think it's one of the toughest two or three in the league. It really is. Uh, and, and, again, it's all hinging upon here. How good are the Dolphins going to be here uh, if they stay healthy? How good are the Jets going to be? And how good are the Bills going to be, obviously, in that division? But, I mean, you're, you're in a stretch here where you're coming out of your bye, which is week 11 after you come back from playing the Colts in Germany, week 12 at the Giants, week 13 versus the Chargers, week 14 at the Steelers, week 15 versus the Chiefs, week 16 mm-hmm. at the Broncos, week 17 at the Bills, and week 18 versus the Jets. That is a brutal stretch after your bye, which is conveniently in the week 11, so that's at least nice. But, uh, you know, it all depends here. How's this offense going to be? Is Mac Jones going to be much improved? And how's the offensive line going to be? Are they going to be able to pass protect? How much is Zeke Elliott going to factor into that as well for pass protection? There's a lot of things, I think, that Bill O'Brien is going to help improve just by being offensive minded and and all of that but it's about the players then going out and executing it then also the defense here I mean obviously that's Bill Belichick's uh you know forte the defensive side of the ball but you're going to be relying on Christian Gonzalez but by all accounts he's looked really well in camp and in preseason as as a rookie uh, kind of uh securing the secondary here there is some changeover you don't have McCordy out there anymore so how is all of that going to unfold as much as this pains me to say, I would go under seven and a half wins. I don't blame you. And uh, yeah, the roster construction, and I mean the schedule construction, and maybe even the roster construction for that matter, uh, I just uh, I like to make a case seriously for over seven and a half, but I can't do it. The masses are uh, on the underside of things as well. 55% of the vote over sitting at 45%, but that kind of indicative as well as it being a toss-up here. KDOS1060.com's poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOSAM1060, the Cardinals Thursday morning had traded Isaiah Simmons to the New York Giants for a seventh-round pick. So should the Cardinals have held out for more than a seventh-round pick in the Isaiah Simmons trade? Maybe. No, uh, because, you know, here, here's my thought process behind it is that you've I know this is a new regime and they have not moved him around to a plethora of different, you know, places on the defensive side of the ball. But they've seen tape. They've watched tape. They've they've had him now in camp here at the free safety position. So they understand, I guess, what they're getting out of him. And if it's just not working, if it's time for a fresh break, then maybe it's time for all parties to just go see if he's going to have success somewhere else and for them to uh, just have a fresh start in. In, in that safety and you know defensive backs room the other thing that kind of came to mind is in that Saturday preseason game where Isaiah Simmons really didn't uh, attempt to tackle the Chiefs backup quarterback Shane Bouchelle there and if you just listen to things that Jonathan Gannon and the coaching staff have said you know they want you to play violent they want you to play physical uh, they talk about how this winning mentality is really important that play was not quote-unquote a winning play and if that's really frustrating to them maybe that was a message kind of being sent as well uh, we want you to do the things we're asking you to do yeah, I'll just add that play. He already had a personal foul in that quarter, and you're not allowed to touch a quarterback anymore in this league. So I'm actually kind of on his side. It would be nice if you tackle the guy. 
but uh, I can understand why he was reluctant to clobber him because he already had the personal foul in the first quarter of that game. So there's that. But, uh, you know, just really fast on this because I know we're up against it time-wise. I'm just stunned that they couldn't get more than a seventh-round pick for him. That just tells me either, A, the league thinks that he's not very good, or there might be some kind of issue and the league just doesn't want him. And I think the Cardinals maybe don't want him and they just settled for what they could get uh, in the pick. And also, as pointed out to me yesterday, they played the Giants in week two. Well, it's uh, be interesting to see what happens then. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually turns out to be a really good player with the Giants because I was so high on him and I can't believe I was so wrong about him three years ago. <laughs> Would you move him more to a pass rusher? That's the only thing I've seen him do here. Um, so the, the Giants actually have two good edge rushers already. So I did hear uh, you know, the, the, the coordinator yesterday talk about how the, the, the one thing he mentioned was pass rush. So it doesn't have to be from the edge. I mean, they can move him around and you know, blitz him from wherever. And you know, Martindale blank, you know, Wink Martindale blitzes everybody from anywhere. You never know where they're coming from. Masses are on the no side of things at 63.2% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 36.8%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060 as always to get involved. It's time. It's time for the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Caller number 3-602-260-1060. It's a certified Angus beef choice T-bone or porterhouse steaks at $5 a pound off this weekend. Prime boneless butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound. And the fresh all-natural boneless skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. That's all happening at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, 602-260-1060. Caller 3, you're the winner of the $100 gift certificate. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number 2. up this final segment of extra point on this friday august 25th congratulations to our winner of the 100 gift certificate to von hansen's meats and spirits 2390 north alma school in chandler uh you can head on down there for the weekend special certified angus beef choice t-bone or porterhouse steaks at five dollars a pound off Prime boneless butterfly pork chops at $4.99 a pound and the fresh all-natural boneless skinless chicken breast at $4.99 a pound. VonHansensMeats.net. But it's that time once again, Bob. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for uh, listening. Callers, listeners, emailers, tweeters, texters, whatever, whomever else sip through the cracks. Also our guest today, Patriots Preview with Christopher Price of the Boston Globe and NFL Prop Bet Discussion. Uh, with Brian Lewis at Pro Football Network. Next week, we wrap up our 32-team NFL previews with the AFC West. That start uh, We'll start that on Monday with the Chiefs. Sound Day courtesy of NBC, Amazon Prime Video, Major League Baseball, KLAA, and also 97 Rock. That's the Orioles' flagship in Baltimore. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. 
Up next here on KDOS AM 1060 from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. Uh, as it is for tonight, the Diamondbacks have continue their series with the Reds, Hunter Green versus Brandon Fott. That's 6.40 p.m. tonight. Then you have Saturday, the Arizona Cardinals are in Minnesota taking on the Vikings. That's Saturday, 10 a.m. on Channel 12. Curious to see who all plays from each squad after the two joint practices that they just wrapped up. Uh, We've seen that often here where the joint practices kind of, uh, I guess, overtake the preseason game, if you will. So not a lot of the starters end up playing coming off of a joint Mm -hmm. practice. But since it is the last preseason game, just curious how all the teams are going to kind of figure that out for themselves. That joint practice theory uh, holds a lot of weight because, you know, it's even though we see, you know, brawls and whatever else, it's supposedly kind of a controlled thing. I mean, the coaches usually, and I know that they've done that uh, this week in Minnesota, the coaches usually kind of formulated the practice, at least the practice plan together. Notre Dame football Saturday, 11.30 a.m. on NBC as they are taking on Navy from Dublin, Ireland. Julian Edelman is set to join Fox NFL kickoff. So that's the show, bef- the pregame show before the pregame that's, that's show. The Carissa Thompson show. Correct. That's the show to watch. Carissa yeah. Thompson, Charles Woodson, Michael Vick, yeah. and Julian Edelman this year. And one final thing that's happening, the World Cup for FIBA. Team USA is playing New Zealand. Who Tomorrow, ESPN 2, 5.40 a.m. That gets underway for Team USA to start FIBA World Cup play. That'll do it for this Friday spread edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Make sure you visit Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday with the Sports Zone starting at 9 a.m.